0: This morning is a special Sunday morning. We've designated it Freedom Sunday. It's first Sunday of the month. It's also Mission Sunday, and it is uh, also Family Sunday. And Family Sunday, we don't uh, we don't have children's church on Family Sunday. I, I'm still a believer. It's good for children, youngins, as I call them. It's good for youngins to experience the atmos- atmosphere of what we call adult worship. And uh, I think, you know, in a world when most students are leaving the church when they graduate out of uh, youth group and different things... I think it's good to indoctrinate them with with the worship service, so we do that, and it also gives our uh, children's leaders an opportunity to be in service so we're so glad that they're in the room with us this morning, and we appreciate what our children's leaders do and our youth leaders do in the church. You guys are uh, you're you're on the you're the on the ground troops doing the work well. 1776 until 2023. That's, uh, that's 247 years. You know. I know some of you may feel that old, but none of you were around at that time. Some of you may look that old, but you weren't around at that time. Some of you were like me though. You were around, remember in 1976, when they had the Bicentennial mm-hmm. y'all remember that some those of you in the room that are that old, yeah no? the bicentennial two hundred year anniversary of america my favorite my favorite part of the Bicentennial was the bicentennial he haul shows. Those of you younger won't even know what i 'm talking about watch go to YouTube, you can watch the reruns there Who ever would have thought that As believers that we would have saw 247 years. But here we are. I still believe Jesus is coming just as much as I I, I did back then. Probably more so actually than I did then. I believe that Jesus is coming. I believe He's coming soon. I believe in the imminent return of, of Christ. That means he can come at any moment at any given time. And Sometimes we get a little confused in our in our biblical theology. So I hear people say it all the time. Well, all these things are happening, and if this happens and that happens and that happens, then Jesus can come. Now, you, 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 you're a little bit mess, messed up if that's the way you think, because there are no signs to show the coming of the Son of Man. The signs happen after the coming of the Son of Man. So in in spite of all that's happening around us, I, I I'm not looking for signs, I'm looking for Jesus. Okay? But here we are 247 years after that this country became free. I looked at the I looked at the word freedom in the dictionary. Actually, I had Miss Sarah look it up for me and read it off to me uh simply because I was driving. But freedom according to Merriam Webster is the quality or state of being free, such as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. Freedom is liberation from slavery or restraint from the power of another. It is independence. So as we celebrate this time of year here in America, now the Canadians celebrated yesterday their Independence Day, but to, to, uh, coming up, Tuesday is our Independence Day. We celebrate freedom. We talk about freedom. You know, I got on my freedom shirt. Some of you all have on your freedom shirts and, and, and mo- most people won't have to work on t- Tuesday because it's the 4th of July. Sometimes, uh, I, I forget that everybody in the world don't celebrate the 4th of July. It's only us Americans because it's our Independence Day. But in all of that, Uh, I'm I'm glad that I live where I live. I'm, I'm glad and I am proud to be an American. In spite of her problems and her situations, which is all our fault, I'm proud to be an American. If you're not proud to be an American, if, if you got a lot of problems with America, I suggest you go to another country, especially a third world country, and spend about ten days, and then come back home and tell me. Okay? But this morning's message is not merely about being a free American. It's about being free in Christ. If you have your Bibles, and uh, I want you to go with me if you would. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes to the Ephesian church about freedom. He says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then to the Corinthian church, Paul wrote this. Now, the Lord is the Spirit... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay. So Paul is all about freedom. Now, Paul didn't know anything about the United States. The United States wasn't even thought of uh, by by humanity. It may have been it, it, no doubt, was in the mind of God. But Paul didn't know anything or think anything about the United States. But Paul is speaking towards freedom, spiritual freedom. And what freedom does for us. You know, I I, I wanted to use this illustration this morning, if you'd allow me to for just a moment. All of us in here are in bondage or have been in bondage to something. Even as believers, sometimes we can be in bondage to things. Your glass may be full of, of addictions. Your glass may be full of depression, your glass may be full of, uh, uh, you know, we can just go on and on and on, your glass may be filled. Up. You know what? what, what do y'all see in front of me right now? What do y'all see? A glass. You know, this, is, this glass is full. Did you realize that? Most of you don't think so, do you? But this glass is full. This glass is full of air right now. I can do this. And the glass is... T- Some of you say you're full of air too, preacher. I know what you're thinking. This glass is full of air. How can I get the air out of this glass? Now the glass is empty of air. No. No, still got air in it. So what about if I... uh get out one of our Pentecostal Kleenexes. You know, that's the way you tell a good Pentecostal church is whether it's got Kleenexes sitting around or not. Okay, I'm going to stick the Kleenex I'm I'm going to soak up all of the air out of this glass. Now the glass is empty. There's no air in the glass. No, no, no. We know. There's still air in the glass, isn't it? Absolute. But here's how to get air out of the glass. The glass that's full of air... is now only about two-thirds full of air. The glass that's about a third full of air, excuse me, is now no longer full of air. You know the reason it's no longer full of air? Because it has been filled with water. Water is symbolic throughout Scripture. Water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So so today I wanna I want to preach to you and I want to interject into your minds the thought of filling whatever is inhabiting your life right now, like the air filled this glass, is in filling your life with the Holy Spirit that will offset or push out because what happened? The water pushed out Every bit of the air in the glass. Now you didn't see it come out, but it really did. The air, as the water went in, the air was pushing out. And now the air is outside of the glass, but the glass is full of water. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God gives us the liberty to be freed from the powers of this world. The evilness of the world, the devil himself, and even our own flesh. Now sometimes we as, we believers, those of us, and, and even unbelievers, and, and I, I'm sorry I'm being a bit dated here thinking back to certain TV shows, but, but one of my favorite TV character was a, was a African American comedian that was named was Flip Wilson. And Flip Wilson, he he dressed up before cross dressing and all this stuff that we we that that we confront today. Uh, he would dress up as a female and call himself Geraldine. And, and Geraldine had this saying, you know, when something would happen in the, Geraldine would always say, "What the devil made me do it?" Okay, y'all remember that? Some of y'all do. And we blame the devil for a lot of things in this world and certainly he is responsible for those things and certainly he had part in the fall of humanity when we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. But there is another, there is another individual that we all have to contend with and deal with and that individual is called self. That is his name. You know? His full name is me own self. So you have to do with me on self every day, just like I do. I have to deal with me on self, plus I have to deal with the devil, plus I have to deal with all the elements of the world. I have to deal with my past, I have, to, I have to contend with the present, and I often find myself worrying about the future, as I preached about last week. We all have these things that we deal with in life. But what happens is, when we become filled with the Spirit and everything else is pushed out of our life, it puts us in a different position. You know, I'm not much of a... I'm not much of a ball player. Some of you all in this room found out we were invited over to a, a few families, got together and had some uh, time of celebration and, and, uh, and I don't know why, but I, I it's just like, you give me memories of my childhood because they got together this kickball game and I got picked last. So it brings me back memories of my childhood, you know, cause I was always the last one to get picked. But, 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 I, I liked it when, I was, when we was playing. You know what? I like the, the most fun part about playing kickball was when we were kicking. You know, we were kicking. Because they were saying, go Nathan, you know. Go Haley. Haley's a good kicker. She just can't run too fast, you know. She, she did good. <laughs> I was saying, you know, I, I, liked, I liked it when we were kicking. But it got intense when we were in the outfield. It got intense when they were kicking the ball towards us. And it got intense when they came back and tied us up and then went ahead by two points. And then it got real intense when we came back and tied it up and then they said, game over. But the reality of it is, the reality of it is, I liked being on the offense better than I did on the defense okay and 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 some people may vary as when it comes to sports some people but but here's the thing thing about it is sometimes we live our life we live our christian life always on the defense We're always trying to defend this and we're defending that. We're defending our our, our belongings. We're defending our, our livelihood. We're defending our reputation. We're defending the church. We're defending our kids. We're defending this and we're defending that. Listen to me. I believe when the Holy Spirit comes in our life and pushes everything else out, that we realize that we're no longer on the defense, but we're on the offense. Because the word of God tells me, but when all's said and all's done, I realize I'm a winner. And when I realize I'm a winner through Christ Jesus, my glass is no longer full of air, all of the air, all of the, all of the rudiments of the world. But now my, my, my glass or my life is filled with the spirit. And because it's filled with the spirit, listen, there's just a little bit, you, you probably can't see it from there, but there's just a little bit. It's, it's maybe a quarter of an inch there that, that's not filled. But I'm going to go ahead and fill it on up. I don't fill it on up to right there. There is no more room for air to be in that glass. And I believe we can be so filled with the Spirit that there is no more room for the rudiments of the world to infiltrate our life. In fact, that's why the Bible says, be ye filled, if you use the King James language, be ye filled with the Spirit. The Spirit puts us on the offensive side of play and we're no longer on the defensive. God has not given us the Spirit of fear, but He has given us a spirit of love and sound discipline. A sound mind is what the King James says. We're free. Listen, when you're filled, when you're filled with spirit, the Spirit, let me tell you some things that you're free from. You're free from all forms of legalism, humanistic constraints, traditions, and cultural expectations. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you don't have to worry about... Listen, I I, I used to live... and I'm, I'm being very transparent, very frank with you, in my early Christian life, I went through my Christian life worried about if I was going to be a Christian. I was worried about if I was going to backslide the next day. I, I hope I can just live one more day and I can please Jesus. I, I'm worried that if I, you know, and that's why, you know, uh, years ago, you know, you couldn't go to ball games, you couldn't go to, to a race car race, you couldn't do, you couldn't do anything. You know, the only thing Christians could do was was go to church, and, and, and then a lot of times we even appeared to be miserable. And why in the world did we think that? that we can entice anybody to serve Jesus when we couldn't even ha- have any any pleasure or joy in life. Now, I'm not saying those things should be prominent in our life, but what I am saying is, listen, if I can't go watch the Atlanta Braves play baseball, woo, say amen, go ahead and please, go ahead and confess your guilt. If I can't go watch the Atlanta Braves play baseball and be a Christian at the Atlanta Braves baseball game, then I don't have too much of Jesus. Okay. If I can't go watch my grandkids play football or basketball or golf or whatever they aren't doing at the time, then I don't have too much of Jesus. You see, for a long time I lived my life, and I'll be very frank with you, I lived my Christian life and I didn't have a whole lot of joy because I felt like that that I was, uh, basically I was bound to legalism. I felt like my Christian experience was all a bunch of can and can't do. Most of them was can't do's, but then one day I realized, not that I want to do it, listen, listen, I, not, not that I can really, I wish I could dance, okay? Not that I really dance because I don't dance, but, but, but it's like the old saying goes, i still dancing. I just change partners, okay? The reality of it is I am not bound to traditions. I'm not bound to legalism. I'm not bound to some ideas. And I'm not bound to pleasing a certain, certain person. No other person than the Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly I'll protect my witness. Certainly I'll take care of my testimony. But listen, when it comes down to it, I am washed I am bought, I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and there is nothing else... There's nothing else that that can make me any better. So I said, well, I wish I could be a better Christian. You'll never be a better Christian than what Jesus Christ has made you. I want you to know that. You'll never be any more saved than what Jesus Christ can make you. I'm not bound to those things, but I've let the Holy Spirit come into my life and as my Holy Spirit, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not insinuating. You see, every once in a while something will happen and and come into my life and it'll displace just a little bit uh, and, and I need once again, to be filled up one more time. Sometimes there's big things that may come into my life, and and, and the big things come into my life and and really take a whole lot out of it. And and, and then I have to come back, and I have to find. I have to say, Lord, fill me. Fill me up one more time. Just fill me up a little bit more, Jesus. And and I find that there is freedom in being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Because I am free from the things and the elements of the world that would like to put me down. So what the Spirit does, it frees us from sin. It frees us from guilt. And it frees us from shame. Jesus Christ... And no other is our justifier and He is our sanctifier. He is the cleanser of our souls and He fills us with His Holy Spirit. And then then the Holy Spirit, what happens is the Holy Spirit will propel us into a greater level of our faith. Faith, goodness, love, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and Christian love. We find all about those things in 2 Corinthians 3 and 8, I may have had it prepared. I didn't. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. For we are all who, for we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now I want you to listen to what this, this verse of scripture says to us. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. He says that we with unveiled faces were coming to the Lord in sheer honesty. The Lord knows all about us. Did you realize you're not hiding anything from God? You know, you're not hiding anything. You, 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 can, you can be a Jonah if you want to and you can run west when you need to be running east. But Jonah wasn't hiding from God. God knows all about us. He knows who we are. But He says, listen to this. But then, with the unveiled face, we contemplate the Lord's glory. And it says we are being transformed. We are being transformed. When I got saved, I got saved, okay? I got saved. But here's what's happening. Ever since I've been saved, I have been being transformed. I'm in the process right now. As you look at me right now, and I look at you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are being transformed. You are being molded and shaped in the image and the likeness of God. You are always... I I used My my son, when he was a little boy, he had a t-shirt on and it had this kid's face on it, little boy's face on it. And he had chocolate all over his hands and and, and, and all over his face, you know, in this depiction on the t-shirt. And it said, God doesn't make any junk. And you're not junk either. You're a work in progress. And I'm a work in progress. And by being, as we are filled with the Spirit, As we are filled with the Spirit, God is molding us and shaping us into what He wants us to be and what He has us to be and what He has planned for us. And your shape may not end up being exactly like my shape. I hope not. But God is transforming us. He is, we are in a process. I believe until the Lord comes back, when I read that scripture, until the Lord comes back in that imminent return that I spoke about a few minutes ago, or till you call down here to Craven Shires and say, come come, pick them up, and they cross one hand over the other, we are not done, we are not through. God is still working on us, He's still shaping us, and He's still molding us, and we are still being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit really serves, I want you to think about this, the Spirit serves as our judge. Paul wrote, I care very little if I'm judged by you, Or to the Corinthian church, chapter 4. I care very little. Paul said, I could care less. If I am judged by you or anyone else, I do not even judge myself, he said, but judgment is from the Lord. Now that's, that's not a license for us to go out and live frivolously. I, you know, I don't, I don't want you to take that because that's not what Paul's talking about at all. Because if anybody, if anybody wrote Letters and instructed in the ways of holiness the apostle Paul did. So the apostle Paul is not saying this is a license to go out and, and to live a life that is unbecoming to the Lord. But what Paul is saying is, is God is our judge and God is who is looking and God is who we're out to please. If you're trying to please people, let me tell you something. You will never do it in your Christian life unless you sell ice cream and then you're probably somebody is going to tell you you have the wrong flavors. Okay. But you seek to please the Lord, and you, as you please the Lord, and you, you please Him only. Even in that, you're not going to please everybody. But the truth of the matter is, that is who we have to be concerned of pleasing. Freedom is not necessarily released from all restraints, because in, in the sense of speaking, there is really no absolute freedom. Listen to me. There's really no absolute freedom, because when we were freed, when we were freed from the Brits, when we, we were when we were freed from from from, from the, the nation across, that great nation across the sea, and that's now one of our allies, when we were freed from them, and we wanted to be Paul Revere, the British are coming. We they were our enemy in that day. When we were freed from them, we were, we were free, yes, but we were free to design our own social governmental structure. And, and today, we, even though some of it we don't like, we know that we do operate under a certain government, governmental structure. And in spite of the fact that a lot, some of it we don't like, most of it is good. And, and without that structure, it would be total chaos. We wouldn't even be a nation. So really, there to say absolute freedom—that's uh, sort of a—that's uh, sort of a misstatement, if you would—or or, or, something that we misconstrue when we say we've been set free. And I purposely asked Pam today uh, for this morning. I said, "I want some freedom songs." Who the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, I am free. I am free. We sing all we sing these songs, modern modern praise and worship. So many songs about free. Uh, Eddie James, uh, you know, Eddie James has probably got the most profound one. You know, I am free. I'm going to clap a little bit louder than before. Yeah, I'm going to jump a little bit higher than before. I am free. But we are free. We are free, but not not free is in the means of absolute free. Because I am set free from the bondage of sin. I am set free from the things of this world that have entangled me. I am set free from everything and all things that are going on in the world. I am set free that I may be a servant of the Lord High. Jesus Christ is His name. And if I am a servant, then I'm really not free. Yes, I'm free from the world, but I am free and I I serve him and I i am his, I am his servant. I am his, uh, he has commissioned me to do his will. So I'm not free. Has in no responsibility at all. But I have cast my care, my responsibility and my allegiance. And everything that is in me, I commit into the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm free from the world, but I, I'm enslaved to Him. And so I love slavery, if you would. Because He has nothing but good for me. And He has nothing but good for you. So when we think about freedom. The glass is free of air. But now, it's full of the Spirit, symbolized by the water. The air is gone and the Spirit is there. And as long as the Spirit is there, there's no room for the air. So no man in this world, I want to leave this to you, no person in this world escapes freedom. Even going back to the To that, those ages of, and and uh, I know the Civil War is not necessarily recognized in in this particular holiday. This is our Independence Holiday, but even the people that were released, the slaves that were released during that that terrible time we call, you know, slavery, slavery, and during the Civil War, they were set free. But many of them were set free, but they become in bondages to the to the situations of life. Many times you read stories both in the Bible and then into the slavery that was found here in America. You find that there were some slaves that their owners were so great to them and so good to them that they didn't want to leave. See, yes, you were set free, but yet you find your allegiance and you give your allegiance to something else. You see, if we're not serving Jesus Christ... If we're not serving the Lord and we're, we're not, we're not allowing Him to rule and reign in our life, the truth of the matter is there's something else filling our glass. The truth of the matter is there's something else that is consuming over our lives. You say, nobody has control over me, preacher. Yes, they do. Somebody or something has control over every one of our lives in some capacity or another. It could, it could be addictions. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs it could be it could be sexual perversion it could be uh it could be uh you know a a you know the the bible speaks of the love of money is the root of all evil you don't have to have money to be in love with it 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 could it could be that pursuit of wealth and that pursuit of gain it could, there could, there's a lot of different things that could be consuming our life and and in in essence those things are what fuels our life. I'll go back. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna share another commercial with you. Going back TV from years ago. Uh, you know, there, there was a, there was a slogan out and I don't even remember who it was. It may have been the government. I don't know. But, but it was a, it was a slogan. It was out promoting healthy eating. And in that commercial, it says, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. We, 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 we really belong to whatever we serve. And if we're serving our own, if we're serving our own selfish desires, if we're serving our own lust, if we're serving, uh, you know, our, our, our own ambitions, or even the ambition, or if we're serving most definitely if we're serving the ambitions of Satan, then that's who we are. That's who we are. But, but, but if our servanthood is, is given over to Jesus Christ, if, if we're about Lord, i I'll serve you. I'll, I'll serve you. I love you. I love on you. The Bible actually instructs us that there's no way that we can be in love with the Lord if we don't serve Him. So if we, if we love Him, we're going to serve Him. And Lord, I want to serve you because I love you. I hear people all the time tell me about how much they love the Lord. You know, you know, I love the Lord preacher. I really love the Lord, but, well, goat's butt, okay? I I I I love I love the Lord but and and I, I love the Lord too and there's probably things again in my life I don't portray that I'm a perfect illustration of what Christianity should be or who a Christian should be you're going to find <clears throat> you'll find lots of faults and lots of errors in my life but 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 the truth of the matter is but I give my allegiance to none other than the Lord Jesus Christ And by giving my allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, then I find myself being filled with the Spirit and not giving room to all the stale air of the world. I could pour this out. I could say, okay, God, enough. And I could find myself empty again. But here's the good thing. Everything that I poured out, or let escape, now is replaced by the air again. But guess what? There is a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. And that glass that was once full, now is empty, is filled again. No matter how many times I pour for sake of illustration, no matter how many times I pour this out, I pour this back, I can fill it up again. There may be some of you in this room that you've let the water escape your glass. There may be some of you in this room that maybe your glass is just full of air, air being all of the... Circumstances of life. All of the, the, the rudiments of this world. All of the sin. All of the unbelief. But you can feel it all the way to the top. Just like this. Listen. Halfway's not good enough. Because, because to get to what's down there, you still gotta go through the air. But when Paul said, be ye filled with the Spirit. Be ye filled with the Spirit. There's no way to be filled with the Spirit apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. And if you're in this room today and you've never been saved, I can promise you, as much as I love you, and I appreciate you, if you are not saved, you're a glass of air. But when Jesus comes in and saves us, and remember what Paul said, paraphrasing, Paul says, I'm growing, I'm developing, I'm an ongoing process. I'm not suggesting that a person in this room is going to suddenly be zapped into perfection when you come to Jesus Christ. I'm not suddenly, I'm not suddenly suggesting that suddenly that, that when you get filled with the Spirit, everything's perfect and everything's well in your life. But what I do know is I agree with Apostle Paul and I, I look back on my life and you may even look back on your life. If you don't, you can and say, man, God's brought me a long ways. From when I started over there at point A over here to point B right now and I'm on my way to point C God's really made a difference in my life. And that's because the Holy Spirit is at work pushing out everything else in your life. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me just a minute? Fathers, we come to you this morning. We love you. We thank you. Or may your word, Lord, the word that you've given me for this day, may it speak to the hearts. May it speak to the lives of people. Lord, there's people in this room, I have no doubt, there's people that are watching live without a doubt that are bound. Lord, their glass is filled with air. But Lord, today, I pray that somebody under the sound of my voice will yield to the desire to be filled with your Spirit. Filled with your Spirit, pushing the other things out of their lives and bringing them into a newness with you. Maybe there's some, Lord, that have... Their glasses become leaky. Or maybe they've even intentionally wasted and poured away what you've already blessed them with. Lord, we believe in restoration. Lord, we see restoration throughout your word. We see a prodigal that came home after he had poured everything out, wasted everything away, and the dad waiting on the front porch. As he came down the road. So God today I pray Lord. That your Holy Spirit will be at work. Convicting hearts. Convicting lives. And ministering in this room this morning. Lord. It's all your work Lord. It's all you Jesus. With your head still bowed. And your eyes closed. I want to ask you a question. Is there one person in this room this morning. Nobody's looking around and gazing. Okay, it's just me. But is there one person in this room this morning that has the need of salvation? You need to be saved. You need the redeeming graces of God. Actually, there's not been one single person in this room that has not needed it. The only difference between Christian people, what we call a Christian and a sinner, as we would call them, is the Christian person as we call them, has accepted the blood of Jesus Christ for their sin payment. The substitutionary death on the cross. That was you. So if you're in this room this morning and you need to be saved, would you real quickly slip up your hand and I will not embarrass you. Thank you. Is there anybody else in this room? Any others in this room? You need to be saved. Is there anybody in this room that maybe you 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 have wasted what the Lord has given you. You've allowed it to leak out, or maybe you've even poured it out in decisions you made. And you need to be restored. You need to be restored. You're, you're still you're still a Christian. You're still you still believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you need to be restored. You need to be refilled. Is there one person in this room at all? Slip up your hand. Thank you. Are there others in this room? Okay. I want you all to look this way. Those of you that raised your hand this morning, there were several of you. I, I I told you I wouldn't embarrass you, and I'm not going to. But I think that one of the greatest. Somebody said, "Well, I don't find altar calls in the Bible. I don't. I don't find it the way we use that we do it in the Bible." And you're exactly right. You don't, but. You found other illustrations, but this is this is the one thing that I, I think about in our culture, in the modern day Christian culture. Faith, faith is stimulated by action, and act, this is not a, again about embarrassing you. But if you slipped your hand up in this room this morning for need of restoration or for a need of salvation. I want you to stimulate your faith. I mean, that means increase your faith. I want you to increase your faith by coming down here and meeting me, not out of embarrassment, not for humiliation purposes, but because when you come, then there's going to be a bunch of other people that's going to come right behind you, and we're going to say to you, we're, we've got your back. We are with you. We are your church family, and we support you. And as you step out and you stimulate that faith by making, you're making a public admission. Now you've made it to me, but you're making a public admission. I need something from God, whether it's salvation or rededication. I need something from God. If that's you and you've, you raised your hand, I want you to real quickly come this way and don't turn around and look back because somebody might, some of the other church family coming along behind you might run over top of you, you know, getting, getting here with you. So I, if you raised your hand this morning, I just want you to come on down right now. Where's somebody else? We need some people coming on down right now. Right now. Church family. Church family, come on. Church family, come on. Before we pray, I'm going to read one more verse of Scripture. Or one more passage, I should say, not one more verse. You all are down here for a purpose and for a reason. And I believe you're here today for a reason. But I I, I like reading this. You know, I told you, I want y'all to look at me, ladies. I want y'all to look at... I've told you all about that. I thought I had to do all kinds of stuff. I thought I had to do all kinds of stuff. I thought I had to be good before I could ever get saved, and it never did work out for me, okay? I thought I had to stay saved by doing certain things, okay? And while doing things is, it is good. They are good. While they are good, my, my, My faith and my security has to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, not what I do. Paul wrote this to the church at Rome. I always like reading it in moments like this. And as Paul writes to very very educated, very knowledgeable people, Paul says this, The word is near you, it is in your heart and in your mouth. It's in you. The ability to be saved... Is not yours in its mere existence, but the ability to be saved is found in Christ, but it occurs through you. This is what Paul said. He said it's in, he said it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we're proclaiming. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what that means to say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord means he has control over, he has reign over my life. He has. I want Him to have rule over my life. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Do you believe Jesus is Lord of your life? Do you believe Jesus is Lord of your life? Can you say it for me? Jesus, Jesus is Lord of my life. Do you believe that in your heart? Now, your heart. No, I'm not talking about this heart. I'm talking about right here. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Paul wrote to this educated bunch of people and he said, then you will be saved. He said, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. That doesn't sound too complicated, does it? Believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth. I want to give you the opportunity to put everything out before the Lord there's there's a, there's a word re, re, repentance doesn't mean that you pray repent mean, means that you, you you turn your life around for Christ if you're going this direction and you repent you end up going that direction so re, repentance is of the essence and, and but but so, and so is confession uh, confession of your sins because the Bible says if we are if we are faithful, confess our sins, then He's faithful to forgive us of our sins. So today, I just want you ladies, are you here for salvation or rededication? Rededication. Salvation or rededication? Okay. Let's pray with these ladies. Ladies, if you'll gather close by. Father, as we pray with our two sisters Lord, right today. God, I'm just praying as they've come up here to to commit themselves unto you afresh and anew. Lord, we just believe, God, that you're touching and blessing in their lives. You're fulfilling every need. Lord, we declare your word to be true. We believe it is true, Lord, that if we confess you as Lord with our mouth and we believe in our heart, we shall be saved. So today, Lord God, I ask you that you fill these two ladies, Lord, with your spirit, Lord God. Lord, that they will not find Lord any place there will be no room in them Lord for the, the the rudiments of the world the the effects of the world but Lord they will find themselves so full of your spirit Lord spilling over Lord God their their Lord their their cup will run over Lord and their saucers will be overfilled and Lord you want just bless them and minister to them in a special way Lord God and they their lives will be restored and renewed and they will be full of your spirit Lord God. Lord in every every step they take every every step they walk Lord God Lord they will walk in the spirit Lord they will talk in the spirit Lord God they will follow the spirit Lord God wherever you lead them God I pray that your spirit Lord God as as they go Lord they Much like Paul, Lord, they are on a journey, Lord, and they will learn and they will be taught of your ways, Lord, as your spirit, Lord God, works in them. Lord, your spirit will illuminate your word. Your spirit will convict their hearts. Lord, your spirit, Lord God, will lead and guide them, Lord God, into all truths, Lord God. Jesus, today, Lord, as these two ladies step forward, Lord God, we just pray that you give them the desires of their heart. Honor their faith. Honor the display of faith that they have made this morning, Lord God. And Lord, we worship you. We praise you, Lord God. For you are good. And Lord, we thank you for restoration. We thank you for filling and refilling and refilling and refilling us again, Lord, with your spirit, God. And God, we just believe that today, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, that these these two ladies, Lord God, are growing in you. And Lord... May they know that we are here as a as a family to, Lord, to support them in prayers and support them with our faith, Lord God and and Lord Jesus. There, they are one with us, Lord God, as we are the family of God gathered together. We're doing life together, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise you. We give you glory and honor. Amen and amen and amen amen.